And away we go. The Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. Make sure throughout this delightful summer, you are getting down to the Holy Grail on the banks and uh, getting your, your, your fix. Sorry, I'm trying to get all the behind the scenes stuff taken care of. Welcome in. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. David, how you doing? I'm excellent. How are you, sir? Uh, almost back to normal, I think. <laughs> that time change, man. It, it, it's so it's such a pain because like you don't really feel like you're used to West Coast time until like two days before you come back, and then when you come back, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm getting there. I, I, I I'm guessing. Friday is going to be a little bit rough because you got to get up pretty early Friday morning. It's going to feel like the middle of the night, <laughs> but and eh, we'll make it happen. We'll be all right. How's life been for Dave this week? It's been good. Been good. All right. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, not a ton to get to this week. Things are. Things are about to pick up on the AAU trail. Uh, I know Wes is uh, Wes Miller and staff are headed down to Orlando for NBA Players Camp uh, over the next couple of days, um, and then next week uh, AAU gets the ball rolling full swing. Um, most of the staff will be in Kansas City, I think, for uh, the EYBL. I'm going to head down to. Uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Get a little Adidas action in. Uh, follow Rayvon around for a little bit. Check out some of the Adidas targets. I might make a stop for a day uh, in Atlanta to check out Under Armour. But Under Armour is really bad right now. Like <laughs> They're struggling. Struggling. So, uh, and then I'll be, the following week, I'll be off to Peach Jam uh, down in North Augusta. South Carolina. So AAU season is is just about ready to kick off. Uh, Squat Fest on Friday. So I think the whole crew's going. You're gonna you're gonna make it after you drop Will off, right? Uh, I know. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be there from from the jump. From the jump. All right. Uh, it so it just wouldn't have worked if it would have been worth it to do it if. I would have had to wait until we drop him off, and then by the time I get down there, it's like kind of not even worth it. So right, I feel you. Moved some things around, and we're gonna make it happen. I think. Well, that's good to hear. I've been I've been prepping. I've been working, doing some squats, so I'm ready to go. I so um, I think I may have to just like take myself off of this podcast and see if Mo can do it full time <laughs> because the numbers for last Thursday or Wednesday are uh, <clears throat> a significant jump in viewership last week. That's what I, I joked on Twitter and, and Mo's like, Oh, that's, I said, not only is he better at hosting his own radio show, he's also better at hosting my podcast. <laughs> we had a good time. You, uh, you had a very successful show. It's, it's, you know, people like guests. They like, you know, 
different different dynamic every once in a while. So you know. Well, and you guys also had the ability to like go back in time and talk about a lot of stuff that you know we've already covered. Oh, sure. Over and over again. Sure. So, but it was a really good show. The uh, the the cigar talk was clearly very popular. Oh, <laughs> was it? I, I figured I people I would be like, "I'm out of here." Once we started talking about that. <laughs> Look, man, I'm looking at the numbers right now, and let's just say you guys had a good week. <laughs> So I'll just say you guys had a good week. My feelings are hurt a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't take it personally. I'm, I'm sure it was. Right, trust it was, me, I don't care. It was all me. Yeah, it was That's all you. I'm, Everybody I'm sure. was here for Dave. That's right. There, sure. there used to be you being the number two, so they were they were here taking your chance to right see right. what it looked like with you in the driver's seat. <laughs> yeah, at the beginning it didn't didn't look great trying to, <laughs> trying to figure everything out on the fly. <laughs> Yeah, it's not. Uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot more to it than you realize. I had everything down, and then I couldn't figure out how to change where the like, overlay was. One thing, and Eric text there. He's like, "You guys, we didn't like scroll. I didn't know there was more things to like scroll <laughs> down to." So, you know. Oh, well, I guess. Um, I guess we'll start off with the big news of the week with. With the new commissioner of the Big Twelve, I mean that seems like the uh, the proper starting point for this, doesn't it? I mean, there's starting to be a lot more coming out. You're starting sure. to be able to uh, to get a better feel, a better understanding of who he is and what he's accomplished. Um, I was just reading the uh, the athletic piece. Yeah, Max Olson uh, did. Max, yeah, before we came on, and it, and it and it made the best point I think I've heard yet as college athletics becomes more like pro sports you need to have someone <laughs> that has done things in pro sports and i think people just look at like they they see the rock nation uh affiliation with where he's at now and and without doing the digging they don't realize like how huge he was for the development of nascar and and how huge he was to get the nets out of New Jersey and into the Barclays center in Brooklyn and, and all the connections and um, influence he has in that world. And when you start doing the reading and looking at this guy, man, I, I, I think it's, it's got a chance to be an outstanding hire. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I don't want to, it was, it is an excellent article from Max. So I don't want to, you know, just, regurgitate it but i mean there's some pretty impressive stuff that he's accomplished i mean a 750 million dollar deal between nascar and nextel Nextel, yeah which was the biggest sponsorship deal in american sports when it was done you know another 100 million dollar deal with sunoco while with nascar Within his first two years there, he had signed $25 million worth of of other sponsorships. Um, You mentioned the Nets thing. I mean, that was a whole rebrand. That was a whole, you know, we're changing everything about this organization and we're doing it in a city that makes it like virtually impossible to build a structure like this. Um, You know, all the governmental red tape that they probably had to go through through a 20-year, $400 million 
deal for the Barclays Center, uh, you know, naming rights with Barclays. Just like insane, insane high level stuff. And I think that's kind of where I come in at where I totally get it. Like it, you know, Larry Scott with the Pac 12 got off to a pretty good start and then it turned into a disaster. Um, that's because he was a piece of shit human. Well, I mean, I don't know if I I'm not gonna say that. I don't know him personally. Well, a lot. Look at look at the way that he ran the business. Like, there, right, there was a lot of things that went in went into it. I'm just saying, like, I can understand if if you want to have the angle that like this guy isn't in college sports. I get it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get it. Like, there would be reservations, or there would not, not even reservations. There would have been questions with anybody they hired because it's so. The landscape is so different, even over the last, I mean, from even from pre-COVID to now, you know, NIL gets, gets all the headlines, you know, gets headlines, but like just the business model of college athletics is totally different than the old guard and it being almost like a regionalized Southeastern midwestern sport like the big 12 itself is rebranding like it is a totally different conference without texas and oklahoma and the ad from i know in the article like the ad from colorado and greg byrne from alabama were mentioned as possible you know candidates and they might have done a great job but i i just like you have to be, they have to be able to elevate this conference and brand this conference and secure sponsorships. And obviously, the media deal, the next media deal is going to be uber important, but it was going to be uber important no matter who the next person was. And the jury was probably going to be out on that person until that got signed anyway, because in 2024, the conference is going to take in about $50 million a team and nobody is going to want to go backwards regardless of Oklahoma and Texas leaving. And maybe you do go backwards a little bit, but how much backwards do you go? Or maybe you just kind of stay the same. I don't know, but you have to like, you just have to, you cannot stick with these people that still look at college athletics as amateur sports because it's not it's not professional sports but it sure isn't the amateur athletics that you know it's professional sports that they want to they want us to some want us to still hold on to um and i think you can marry the two like you're you're telling me that this guy with can't hire good people that understand the intricacies of the college football playoff or conference realignment or scheduling or things like that. Like you, you just have to know that you have, that has to be an inherent skill set that you've earned by working in college athletics the whole time. I mean, I think it's time for, in this case, a bold and maybe risky move, but the conference needs exciting branding it needs licensing agreements it needs 
to be out there in the public as like, yeah, we know we're losing these two pillars of our conference, but look at all these other things that we can still do. I mean, the guy, you know, the other thing I laugh at, kind of laugh at, is that we've seen no, numerous people talk about he has a Rolodex of connections, and we're just supposed to believe that all of those people only work in professional sports? Right. Like, in the article, Dave Gavitt, or Dan, whichever one, Dave Dan, or Dan. Dan Gavitt. Dan Gavitt talks about him reaching out in 2016 about wanting to have NCAA tournament games at the Barclays Center. Him reaching out when he was with Rock Nation asking about name, image, and likeness and how Rock Nation can be involved in the things that they can do and can't do. And and he, Gavitt was like, and I'm sure I'm not the only person that he reached out to asking about these things. Sure. He's got a super tight relationship with John Calipari. Like, he's known Jim Delaney practically for 40 years. You know, um, like, I just, I look at it and I say, I think it's a good time to try something like that. And, you know, the way these media deals are going and do these streaming companies want live sports? I mean, obviously the MLS signed on with, with Apple. Apple yeah. um, so Amazon is obviously in big with the NFL now. Are they wanting to get in? deeper with live events. I mean, I just think you got to have somebody that understands the full scope of that. This is an entertainment product. This is not just college kids playing football. And I know there's more sports, but like this isn't just student athletes playing football. This is an entertainment product. And how do we present this to our fans and to the nation in a way that is different, exciting, and then also financially beneficial to our league members. I think when you look at like the ever evolving landscape, I, I I think it's okay to call it the the way that he's going to have to approach this. It's okay to call it professional sports because he's going to have to have that mentality when it comes to TV deals and, marketing and branding and like he's gonna have to go back to all those things that he experienced with nascar as he grew that and with the nets as he he made that change like this isn't college sports anymore it's at least it's not college sports anymore as we used to know it. no not on that level so sure it's about the student athletes and sure all of that stuff still rings true but for a commissioner that's going to be tasked with everything this guy is going to be tasked with, or whoever was hired into that role, this stuff is critical. Because you're not going to be able to just skate by and count on things happening that have happened in the past. Because the environment is so different. Because the landscape is so different. Right right now in college sports. Like, I I think you almost, I think you would have been hurting yourself hiring someone with the mentality of the old boys network. I think that's how you would have gotten left behind. I agree. I mean, it like, and I put a couple things on, on Twitter yesterday on the BCJ account, but it's, it's just hard to imagine that he fails as a commissioner because he, 
doesn't have like a 20 year relationship with a bunch of ADs and other conference commissioners versus failing because he doesn't get the big 12, the amount of money needed to stay competitive in the changing landscape with the big 10 and the sec. Like which one of those things do you think is more likely going to be the demise of, of his career as the big 12 commissioner? If that happens. Right. And I saw some, there was some talk in that article about like how is how's the New York guy going to adjust to like to Texas? He ran NASCAR. Guess what? That's not very New York. <laughs> that is that is a very but see that is also like a very college sports yeah. thing. It's like you know, and we we live it because Luke Fickle is like a fit. Yeah, but like you know how many coaches get talked about during coach carousel season of like well i don't know if he's a fit or not i'm like well can the guy win or not like can he recruit right. or not like is is someone a better fit in one place versus another sure but like well, we know what a bad fit looks like in cincinnati exactly <laughs> like i mean it just those comments and there was a lot of them in the pat 40 article for si where i just they were predictable and they just sounded like they came from people that are trying to hold on to how things have been done and and aren't stepping with both feet into the future of what it looks like college athletics are going to be. Yeah, I just leave it to 40 to write an article that is a bunch of, you know, stuffy white men not happy with the, the status quo. Uh, but I, I don't know, like it, is, is there always going to be a, like in any, in any uh, field, like I remember when I went out uh, the first AAU event I was at last summer when things were finally starting to open back up. And there are a lot of guys that are mixed age or a little bit older that like this new wave of guys that are coming into this business. And I looked around and I was like, shit. I'm the old guy now. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> but you can't continue to think like the old guy. Like, it, it, you've got to be able to go out of your comfort zone, to look for different revenue streams, to look for different ways to engage the market, to build your community. And I think right. that's 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 too many of these people in college sports are fighting tooth and nail against what's happening. I mean, you're just you're looking to elevate your product. Like, how many opportunities um, from maybe a sponsorship or a branding platform are going to become available because of Rock Nation type type relationships? Connections, right? How many marquee basketball events, preseason type things, are going to become available because of his relationships with the Nets, Gavitt, John Calipari? Rock Nation, like, uh, you know, this is about the Barclays Center itself, right? I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think it makes sense to have like the <laughs> Big Twelve <laughs> tournament at the Barclays. Center. No, but I mean, would it stun me in in a couple of years if there's Big Twelve teams playing at the Barclays Center in these preseason ACC events? challenge? Yeah, 
the, a Big 12 ACC or Big 12 Big East. Yeah. Right. You know, you're you have a conference championship football game that is going to need to be elevated, even though Texas never plays in it and Oklahoma usually wins it, but, you know, didn't last year. Like, that's, like, that's the thing that I just want to see more than anything is how does he and and whoever he brings on or keeps or whatever, like, where do they take this league when everybody – and the outside world is going to keep saying, yeah, but Oklahoma and Texas aren't there anymore. Like that's going to be the million dollar question. Right. So where would, where does that go? And am I supposed to believe that? Like, I mean, Greg Byrne seems like a hell of an AD, but I mean, he's in Alabama. How hard is it to be the AD at Alabama? (laughs) Right. Like, am I really supposed to believe that he would like, just because he's an AD and has worked in college sports, that he is more equipped to handle and elevate the Big 12 without Oklahoma and Texas versus Brett Yormark? He's not going to be able to hire Nick Saban while being the commissioner of the Big 12. Right. <laughs> just just so, the reality of it. Yeah, right? I, mean, like, I just think that it's... You know, and, you know, Larry. I mean, to his detriment, Larry Scott used the word innovative probably a million times, and and didn't get much of innovation off the right. off the floor. So, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't want to just hear a bunch of fancy buzzwords like innovation and branding and licensing and forward. You know, I want to see it. But like, at least this guy has real experiences that he can go back to and say like okay, I did this when we were trying to get the deal done with NASCAR and Sprint, and I feel like it's there's there's parallels here with this, and, you know, and I, I know this person and that person, and we can, you know. So, you know, it's it just looks like that the presidents and chancellors, you know, and to their credit, understood that this is just not the same old regionalized – you know, student athlete NCAA athletics that it was when they started. Right. <clears throat> and they can either, you can either cling to that or you can take a chance and be possibly be a, you know, a trendsetter. You can, you can pave the way with, with how these things are done. And, you know, it'll be super interesting to see where that, where that goes over the next couple of years. Aaron, are you around? No. Okay. Yeah, I'm here. Coming right in my uh, eye. Ask, ask Dave your question from yesterday about this. Um, what, what do you make if, you know, this, they take, they take the big 12 into the metaverse. I don't know what the metaverse is. Like with the <laughs> Oculus headset and like the things you can do in 3d world and, and that kind of thing. I mean, if you think, if they think there's value there, then sure. As everyone tries to tap into younger markets, because let's be honest, kids are less interested in sports right now. I think as a whole, than like our generation was, 
Um, right. I think it's I mean, a way to tap into a largely untapped market that thoroughly enjoys watching people play video games on YouTube, on Twitch, and different streaming platforms. So if you integrate video games and real-time sports, or even it with like you know gamblers or something like that, where they're able to see some different things um, that I mean, maybe I don't, you would see otherwise. It's it's ridiculous. You know, it's kind of silly to say it, but like. It's limitless. Like, where, did we see any, like, two years ago, obviously things were tied up in a court of law, but, like, NLL, NIL, all the things that have come because of that, whether they're, you know, good things in, in those cases and a couple of shady things in, in other cases, but, like, they're, you know, I just think, like, people, and I don't even understand some of this stuff, but, like, with with Twitch and and you know, just want people that get get paid millions of dollars to play video games. Like, mm-hmm. it's branding, it's licensing, it's mm-hmm. you know, building a community. It's right. We like it's similar to what we've done here on a much grander scale, obviously. But sure. But, so, so Dave, like, kind of take that mindset that you have right now, where you don't quite understand it, and push that into a guy who's only known. Football, football, football. Exactly. And he's 65 years old. Right. And you're going to put him in charge of something that you're trying to grow this when you, you're you seeing that if you can tap into markets like that, it's limitless. But are people that are the old heads, the good old guys club and, and what have you, are they going to have that same type of thinking? Well, of course not. And that's, the, that's, <laughs> the, that's our whole point is that right. you don't have to do all these. Not every innovative idea Correct. is a – is a financially sound and, and smart one for this particular industry. But you have in the old, in the, I'd say the, in the old days, but with the, with the traditional setup of your conference commissioner, like they're not thinking about those things. They're thinking right. about their conference, their conference's television deal, Correct. the college football playoff television deal, deal, like, they're not thinking about like that we have, you know, all these schools combined probably have X number of fans in the 18 to 25 age range that know what this stuff is and that would, would pay a subscription if they got to play a video game against these college players. Right. And like, like- every night, every, once a week, like, five guys from the different big 12 schools are on this Twitch thing. And, and there's a membership fee and you, you know, and because, and then the money, then some of the money goes to the players and some of it goes to the whatever. I'm just making shit up. Sure. I don't even know how that stuff works, but like, well, and as you, I, I don't guess, even know how it works. You think people 25, <laughs> 30 years older than me are right. thinking about what's right. That is, that is a, re- a possible revenue stream. And I guess as you're thinking of, you know, outside the box ways of making revenue for the conference because people are starting to prefer the at home experience to the being in the stadium and having to deal with all of the things that that entails. Yeah. You see fans what? are super spoiled. Like 90% of college football attendance is going down while you see this going up. But if you can tap into those markets that are at, are, you know, trying to go the stay at home route, but still have money that they're willing to spend to enhance that experience. Sure. I think those well, that's, are the that's a huge thing, right? Like, like that's the outside the box thinking that that's going to, to at some point make somebody look like a genius because yeah. people are still willing to spend that money if they stay home. Correct. 
Well, the, I mean, you've seen, or at least I've seen, I don't know if you guys have seen this, LSU I know, and maybe one other, which is kind of funny because all, all it reminds me of is the Longhorn Network, but they're starting their own streaming service. Now, I'm not sure, like, what kind of, how much content and what kind of content is going to be on there and who, who is really going to pay for it. Um, but, but, but I'm just looking at it like if the big 12 started, not the big 12 channel, but like, I mean, I think hopefully they do. Cause I think there's money there, but then again, it's a hard sell without Oklahoma and Texas, but there's just too many, like <clears throat> too many opportunities, too many paths, too many things to at least explore with the direction that the industry is going, because I won't just say sport, but the way the industry is going to just, and I'm not saying any of these other people would have just done the exact same thing that they've been doing for 20 years, but I, I just like this, this, what this says more than what that would have said. I think there's like a if, reason if they, they would have hired right. one of these other ADs. Like what would we have said? Like, okay, that's cool. Like Greg Burton, he's the AD at Alabama. Like he knows a lot of people in college sports. Okay, we would still just, would have we still would have come back to. Is he able to get the Big Twelve a fifty million dollar a year television deal? I just think the fact that you had the conference looking at I think four candidates that were all nothing to do with collegiate sports at their current jobs. Yeah, I think that tells you that this conference wanted outside the box and you know, breaking the norm and seeing just what the ceilings were out there because. Right you now, have, they had to. You don't have yeah. establishments like Ohio State and Michigan, and Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Florida, like, and to some to a similar degree, like USC and Oregon and Clemson is a newer power, but like Florida State, still. you don't have those brands. You can't just say like, "Oh, we'll get a good TV deal because we got Alabama and all these other schools." Like, you have to do something a little bit different. And maybe that means that they go more streaming than just regular ESPN or Fox. I did find it interesting that one of the, <coughs> in the big 12 release, one of the comments was from the, one of the Fox like programming yeah. higher, seemed like one of the higher ups. So, well, I mean, even to put it far smaller scale, like, you know, Chad was doing just the podcast just one podcast we add you know a couple more different things and we add the twitch and we add the youtube and we're doing different things even here in our model and all of a sudden we've got way more viewers when we're doing other channels and we just continue trying to build this thing the conference is the same thing on a far bigger scale like where you have to try and find different revenues to make up the ground that you're potentially losing with texas and oklahoma leaving but texas and oklahoma leaving also is a lot of old traditional thought processes. And by them leaving, I think that you're just kind of being able to broaden your horizons as far as thinking outside the box and having those big, bold moves where you're trying something different. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but you're going to be, I think you're going to be seeing this conference trying a lot of new, different, innovative things. Yeah. Well, go back to the, to the metaverse, like the, just that, that, that theory of that. We saw Barstool change the game 
five, six, seven years ago was second screen viewing where they would just have like have the Mets fans that work at Barstool watching the Mets in a playoff game live on stream with the game on. And if you looked, what were people watching? People weren't watching the stream per se, like they had the stream on, but you would see the numbers spike drastically when something happened. Right. Mets hit a home run, numbers jumped because they wanted to see what the reaction was. Mets lose a four to two lead in the eighth inning. The numbers went through the roof because everybody wanted to see the Mets fans die <laughs> in real time. But I, I'm serious. Like that's, I know. That, that's what happened. That and, and, and that mentality, like I thought about this, there's a reality where we don't necessarily do watch parties anymore, but we do this. And the three of us had the game on, and we watched the game live with people at home. I would be terrible at that. (laughs) No, you wouldn't. You would be amazing at that. Well, I know, but I would be all over. Like, I walk around all the time like you would never see me on camera, and I would probably get us kicked off because I would cuss too much. (laughs) Possible, yeah. But that's (laughs) – my point is that's where this is headed, man. Like – that's the stuff I'm talking about with like, like second screen content and and the ability to like live the game. Well, yeah, I mean, as a Tennessee fan, I I know I mean, when Big Cat did the did the college triple thing. Yeah, there were like three hundred thousand people watching him play, play the a national video championship. Game. Yeah, to win a national championship as Tennessee. Yeah, like a large portion of the Tennessee fan base was invested. And Big Cat winning a national championship in a video game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I did see that quote. Uh, that's how he'll be there. I'll take that conference and you'll think it's the Big Ten. Like, I, I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, like, what if you just, a, like, got student groups at each school and they did what you said, like, watch you watch the game and they watch the game at the same time. Like, and then that has, obviously that has a sponsor. Yeah. It's, you know, it's branded and, you know, but it, I think just, there, you're it, just looking for so more many... ways to like get, you know, and I think maybe COVID did this too. Like you're looking for sure. more ways to get personal. Like, yeah. yes, everybody can go to the game, but not everybody can go to the game, but you still want to feel like you're at the game. So, like, what if you see set up a can't, like, set up something that was like a big group stream of the game? So, you, yes, you're watching it on ESPN from your house in Athens, but you feel like you're watching it with a ton of other UC fans all at the same time. Or you're watching it with former players, like three or four former players are sitting there providing like like they do for the national championship where they have the coaches and stuff. I'm actually currently in a movie theater at my sister's house in Indianapolis <laughs> with a giant, like, I don't know, 12-foot screen here. Maybe we can go watch it there. I mean, this is <laughs> this is wild. It's a yeah. giant TV and eight recliners back here. <laughs> but that's that's the Barstool setup. If you go look at, like, the gambling right. cave for Barstool. Oh, they just put, the couch, just put a bunch of couches and stuff yeah. in there. 
and they put a bunch of mics on the floor and 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 everybody just watches the game and the fans get to experience living through that like that's that's the stuff that if you're progressive you're thinking ahead because that's where stuff is going like it, that's that's just the reality of it man like I, I, that's why I think it's so important to not hire in the box, to not just go the same direction that everybody else is going and take the same path that everybody else is taking because it, it puts you behind the eight ball when you're appealing to your customers that well, are expecting and that, and something different. Like, the SEC can do that because they have that luxury. Like It means more. They can they can just keep keep rolling with the same – for the most part, the same sure. product, and you know they, because you know they know what they know where what's going to happen already. This conference cannot do that. They do not have that luxury. Not if they want to continue to be in the conversation. Right, like the ACC's TV deal sucks. Like so, they have an opportunity to. Be in that third spot or whatever. Um, the Pac-12 is never going to be in the third spot. No, no, they can't. I mean, no. Even if they get back to USC as a national power and and Oregon is Oregon. is you know right there and Washington's relevant again and whatever, because of the time difference, it, it, it's never going to happen. Like no, it, that, it's just, Stanford's Stanford's never going to care, even if they get another Andrew Luck. Like they're never really going to care. Yeah, but there are places that care. There, they're just they just don't have national appeal. They don't like you know Pac-12 after dark. I know Dave loves it. Like yeah, games kicking off at ten o'clock on a on a Saturday night. Like let's gamblers go. love it too. They're trying to get some money back <laughs> after a bad Saturday. But in terms of like a, being a national brand, like the Pac-12 doesn't really stand a chance unless they're willing to just kick games off at ten o'clock in the morning and run them through the afternoon and be done by ten o'clock at night. Like, yeah, I mean, it's there's opportunity. They just you know you have to have the right people pulling the levers and and capitalize on, on the right time. And, and hopefully, you know, a lot, a lot will be not decided, but a lot will be laid out based on what happens with the big 10 and PAC 12 deals, because somebody's going to lose out. Right. So do they, you know, do they still want to have a chunk of live events? Or do they just decide like we're just we're gonna bow out? We're gonna this isn't money we're wanting to spend. Um, but then, you know, there's a lot of people that they would have to fight, you know, lay off, and a lot of empty programming on their networks that advertisers will not be buying ads for. You know, right? So, but it'll be interesting. Like, how much? Where? Where does the Big Ten go with its Fox ESPN relationship? What does that do for the the Big Twelve? I mean, the Big Twelve is pretty pretty heavily ingrained with with Fox. You know, do you see some combination of a Fox and a Amazon or a Fox and an Apple um, on the football side? I mean, the, the Big Twelve is pretty. You know, everybody still 
lies with ESPN except for the Big East and Pac-12 in the um, basketball side. But, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I'm, you know, just thinking about if even if they just break even in that, like, 45-50 range, you know, in three years, UC is going to be going from getting $7 million a year to $50 million a year. That changes a lot. <laughs> changes a lot. All right. Let me know if you guys need me again. Yeah, an excellent contribution. Every, everybody will be dancing like George Jefferson in the Linder Center. <laughs> well, we're moving on up. Oh boy. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can uh I guess we can timestamp that. Dave, uh it, it, you're gonna have to go get your stuff quick. Yes, I know. Sit for a little while. I know. Uh, Urban Artifact, the largest sour-only brewery in the United States. They pack over 700,000 pounds of real fruit into their lineup of fruit tarts every year. Swing by Urban Artifact's Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters. I guess you've only got till the end of the month on that? On the promo? Yeah. I don't know if that ends. Like, our our, our agreement through the uh, the the spring... And in yeah. the summer is uh, is over July first. So uh, if you're going to get there, get there soon. And if you want to sponsor the timestamps, yeah. my DMs are open. <laughs> it worked great for Urban Artifact. They, or they the have a good time. mailbag. Or the mailbag. The mailbag is open for sponsorship. The uh, the the timestamps are open for sponsorship. PTP is is PTP open for sponsorship, Aaron? You guys like money? Always. Okay, I'm just making sure. Anything you want to do, you make up your own segment and sponsor. So, I don't care. We're, 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 tailgate. we're very open. <laughs> you can sponsor our tailgate. It's it's growing quite a bit this year. Oh really? Oh yeah. There's a lot more people that have season tickets, so we'll be we'll be yeah. pushing. I mean, just in our in our friend in our friend group. So I think we'll be pushing like twenty plus every week. Wow, getting big, getting up there. Yeah, that's what that's what happens when you make the college football playoff and that's right. have nine guys drafted and all that stuff. Um, what else you want to talk about, Dave? What else you got? I, I talked to Luke yesterday. Well, I mean, we are. We're about a month, just over a month from the start of camp. We are, as of last Saturday, we are 10 Saturdays from from Fayetteville, Arkansas. So, yeah, it has come on us pretty quickly. We should probably start talking about some, some football. We're, we're getting to that point, yeah. If we wait to camp, then it's too late. We, yeah, because we, we'll have we, too many things to talk about <laughs> right? camp-wise that, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it all it all I mean, every year it does this like this May, year more than ever because it everything played out so long. Like, May and May and June always drag, and then, and then oh shit, sudden, then <laughs> the season's like, here. Oh wow, we're like two months from the season, two and a half months yeah. from the season. Wait, 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 what do you want? Kennesaw State? You want to? I'm not talking. Some- no. Why not? They're pretty good, right? They're a, they're a quality FCS squad, I believe. I have no clue. I have not looked at. <laughs> <coughs> All I know is their location and their colors to this point. So Miami, you want to talk about Miami? We can talk about some Miami. Paul Brown Stadium. Paul Brown Stadium. 
I don't love that. I I, just, I, mean, I, I so prefer being a nipper. We don't we don't need to rehash. I know. I know you and Mo touched on it again. It is, it is what it is. Uh, Danco Joe already has a reservation in Roadhog RV lot in Fayetteville. Let's do a BCJ tailgate there. Are you going? Uh, no, no. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go either. I'd like to. I really want to go. I would love to go, but just not gonna, not gonna work out. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll figure something out, Chad. I mean, you know I'm down. My, my biggest problem is, I've talked about this before, my family every year does a, a deal on Labor Day. Like, like every year. It's like the Brendel family uh, gathering is Labor Day weekend. I usually have to miss it. So. Stick around. For, I mean, if I go, I go. Like, I'm trying to see if, you know, my, my mom wants to re, redo the, uh, the Dallas trip. And, and it's a 10-hour drive. It's not bad. Right. No ice it's storms not, this time. Yeah, it's. <laughs> no. I would hope not in, in August. Whew. I would hope not. Heat wave potentially might be a thousand degrees. It might be that. It might be hot. Two. I've heard great things about Fayetteville. Two thirty. Two thirty local kickoff. Yeah. The box would be air conditioned <clears> though, so it could be a little, a little cold, or a little warm. I should say. A, just, a, just a touch warm. Just a touch warm. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm torn. I, I'm going to. The thing is, I'm going to have to pay for Kelly and Kelsey to go to the family reunion because <laughs> they're going. Where is the family reunion? I don't even know where it's at this year. I need to probably look into that. <laughs> it's getting close. <laughs> Ten weeks away. Nine nine Saturdays until the family reunion, and I don't even know where it's at. Usually, my uncle lives in St. Louis. So usually we pick somewhere in between Cincinnati and St. Louis. Roughly. Northern Northern Kentucky. I live in Northern Kentucky. I know. That's in between St. Louis and Cincinnati. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Um, so I don't know where it is, but I'm going to have to pay for a couple days at, at that, that, that hotel anyway. So I might just watch it from there. Um, I don't know. I'm tempted to go. I just, I just don't know. What do you drive back that night? Like, drive halfway back that night and then get up Sunday morning and drive the rest of the way back. We got content to produce. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm uncertain. But back to Miami. Are they going to be any good? No. They lost a lot. Didn't they they? Did. Between the portal and graduation, they lost a lot. Yeah. I mean,. If you want to like run and down pace, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll get into it, but like, this is where and Cam Butler, like, th- those this are is two where the portal, this is where the portal stings. Your three best defensive players, well, I shouldn't say three best defensive players. Your five best defensive players, who all, no, I shouldn't say that either. Your five best defensive players from last year gone. Two got drafted, and then the three best returning guys all transferred. Ivan Pace obviously transferred to UC. Lonnie Phelps, who led the team in sacks with eight and a half, 
transferred to Kansas, and Cam Butler, who was second on the team with eight sacks, transferred to Virginia. You then also lose Dominique Robinson and uh, Sterling Weatherford who to the, to the NFL, who were two of your better players. You lose Jack Sorensen, who's your best wide receiver to the NFL. Uh, he's actually on the Bengals right now. A.J. Mayer transfers to Arkansas State. So you have, you know, Brett Gabbard is still there, but he doesn't have a ton of help around him. Um, you know, Matt Kippenhammer is back and transferred in last year from Penn State. Solid receiver, but, but I mean, like, these guys aren't, even with the, the losses UC had, like, this crew is not, not challenging UC. No, and I don't want to say you feel bad because you don't, because it's, you know, it's a business. It is what it is. But those max schools, man, you're in a tough spot when, when you know, you had a, a Miami's roster. We didn't get to see it in the game UC played against them because they sat out most of the people that were that were relevant so that they would be healthy for Mac play. Um, but the roster had a decent level of talent on it. As you see with where those guys transferred and guys that go to the NFL, like you got five guys on your defense that are power five level players slash NFL draft picks. Like for a max school, you got quite a bit of talent and that just is completely wiped out, Dave, in the matter of what a month. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you you just don't have great depth. So like you you're never gonna have great depth, right? right? And so you lose these guys, you lose three guys that you would have counted on to be I mean, all three of those guys, Pace, Phelps, Butler, they're first team Mac defensive players. Right. Like and you're just those they're gone. And now yes, they brought in some they brought in their own crew of transfers, but there's nobody on the level of those guys. I mean, and they're, they're power five, quote unquote, power five transfers, but like Trayvon Morgan transferred in the wide receiver from Kentucky. Like he hasn't done a thing there. Right. You know, Nolan Johnson, cornerback from ECU is probably the, the actual transfer that has produced the most. Um, Michael Dow, DB from Michigan State, you know, six career starts, but, you know, 67 tackles and three pass breakups for his career. Corey Suttle, defensive lineman, five tackles in 14 games during two seasons at Iowa State. Like, you're just not, you're not, it's not a one for one change. Like, you're losing your best players and, and replacing them with with guys that haven't produced yet. And maybe they'll Yeah, I mean, that's the tough spot you're in mining the transfer portal if you're Miami, right? Like, you're not going to get the guys that have done anything. So you're going to get the guys coming from, if you're you're mining for power five guys, you're going to get the guys that have been at the bottom of rosters that you just hope that, you know, 
what they lacked was opportunity and not that what they lacked was the intangibles that get you onto the field at a power right. five program. If they, if they had had production and they were transferring, they'd be transferring to another power five program because they have a gaping hole at this position or they just didn't want to, they, they just didn't want to be at the school that they were at anymore. I mean, they're not trans, they're not, you know, 10 set guys going from Michigan state to Miami. Right. That's not, that's not how this works. So, so I mean, they, they have, they, they lead off at Kentucky they play UC, then they play Northwestern. Like they have a, a typically hard-ass non-conference schedule, um, so they do get a, a you know Robert Morris in between Kentucky, Bobby Mo, but yeah, but I just, they're just the defense is is going to be an issue. <clears throat> like you just can't you can't get around the fact that. On every level of your defense, you've lost. I mean, they, they're replacing their top five uh, guys when it comes to sacks. I mean, you're talking about over over 20 and maybe close to 30 sacks that are gone. And what they have for the season, 40? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, Pace had four. Phelps and Butler combined for 16 and a half. Dominique... Robinson got drafted by the Bears, so he obviously had some. And then another guy had some. I mean, so you're talking about, you know, 20 and a half just from those three. So the other two guys probably had close to 10 or so. I mean, you're talking about 30, 30-ish sacks. Like, how are you going to replace that? You're not. You're not going to be able to get after the quarterback. Your secondary is not very good. Nope. So, and that's what this look. If we're going to talk Miami, we have to talk about it. Like, this started when UC went into the Big East, and the gap is only going to continue to get wider going into the Big Twelve. I get it. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think they should cancel the series just because I think they're already getting what they're looking for out of Miami. It's local. There's no big travel budgets. Do I think it should be strictly played in Cincinnati? Yes, I do. I like a, Miami has lost the right to have games in Oxford because it's 80% UC fans. Like, we shouldn't have to come up to your place. But <clears throat> the reality is, this isn't this gap isn't closing and go look at the recruiting rankings. I mean, I don't I don't know if the big You want to cancel it, I know. No, I'm saying I don't know if the Big 12 move even matters. Well, but I, it matters in that we we're we're looking at a 2 point jump in the average recruiting ranking of a player coming into Cincinnati as they enter the Big 12. Hey, speaking of their house, did you see the new turf that UC bought them? No. Did they get new turf? They got new turf. No, I just mean from the sense of like, I think UC's bumping. Yes, 
Big 12, but it's also like Luke and CSP. Yeah, but I'm and... just saying the gap is not. Oh, it's not getting shorter. Right. It is like... continuing to do this. That's that's only my that's my only point. Here, you you want me to you want me to blow your mind? I was reading the the Athlon. I got my Athlon. I'm I'm in there as a contributing writer. You got a byline this time. No, it does, not for each article. At the front of the magazine, it has ah. like all the contributing writers. <coughs> guess how many? Guess what season this is for Chuck Martin? Eight, nine, nine. Yeah, he's been there a long time. Like they have, Athlon has them as projected number one in the East Division. Eighty. Well, that's the thing is he's done a good job of eighty fifth in the nation. Um. But yeah, like you said, I mean, it's just, it's not, to me, a mark of it being competitive is not necessarily like what the score is on Saturday, because the score on Saturday can be what it is, and it's not indicative, necessarily indicative on where the two programs are going. I mean, that looks like a nice turf field. I mean, Hundreds have, of people are going to enjoy great, watching Miami great play. Great facilities. The stadium is an absolute shithole. It reminds me of Indiana in every conceivable way. <laughs> See, um, I, I I always miss that because I'm never in the concourses. I'm never. There's practically like, no concourse at Miami. You just kind of go in whatever gate you go in, and yeah. You, but you know what I'm saying? Like I'm never. I'm never where the fans are. I guess is my point. So right. like, I don't, I don't get a chance to really form an opinion on stadiums much anymore. And I, I yeah, I mean, I think we just got such a a glaring look into how they view the game. So if they're gonna last year, if that's the way they're gonna view the game, which is fine, they only need to worry about them. Right. Then we need to view the game the way we. In a way that only worries about UC. I, I, I think that's fair. They made it very clear we are only worried about what we have, what happens in the MAC. I just think that I mean maybe something will happen, but we still have seven years of this deal. So maybe something will happen after, but they're UC's not going to buy themselves out of this deal. No, and we've been told by people close to UC. FCS, Miami, Power 5. That is their vision if you're in a nine-game Big 12. They fully feel those nine games in the Big 12 are going to be competitive enough that you don't have to go crazy in the out-of-conference. And it's not financially smart to buy your way out because what are you replacing it with? Right, another MAC team. Or, But, I mean, like, maybe not always another MAC team, but, like... Another MAC-level team. Are you getting money in in a game? No, you're... You're doing a home and home with someone, or you're doing some sort of two and one deal or something. So it's it's not like you're replacing it with buy with two million dollar buy games at Michigan, right? Where I'd be like, yeah, sure, buy out of it because you're replacing it. Well, you're going to make ten million bucks over the next ten years, you know, because you're playing these other games. That's not what's going to happen. So I don't know. I... it's it sucks. I hate it, but. <laughs> You know, we're stuck. And just in, not going to be any good. We're stuck in a contract that you know doesn't make sense to get out of, and you just have to deal with it. 
And the, the, the sad part is that, right. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like, I, it, you know, are they going to win? If they win a game between now and 2029, people are going to go, see, yeah, you got, you got to keep playing them. Cause you know, they, they won a game or whatever. And you know, is that the start of our new a reborn rivalry or whatever? Like, the result doesn't matter. It's, I mean, the my, the game has become the basketball version or the football version of the noon Sunday ECU basketball game, where you're just praying to God that a bunch of your guys don't get hurt and that something goofy doesn't happen and you and you lose this game and that should not be part of it. That should not be part of a schedule of a team that is trying to play for national championships. Or that because of this game, you lose other games. Like you said, because your linebacker room got ravished. Or like, you know, you you go through a situation where it changes the dynamic of your team because of, of one Saturday. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. But... But Cincinnati should kick their ass. They should. <laughs> I mean, oh. if UC runs the ball, like I think they're going to run the ball. This this could get nasty. Yeah, I think they're. I, I know everybody's focused on Ben and Evan, and, and rightfully so because quarterback is such a, a big deal. But this team's going to be able to run the ball. I think like they're, they're really going to be able to run the ball. And you're going to see what we saw back a couple years ago, hopefully with a better passing attack, but where in in the middle of the third to the the start of the fourth quarter, teams are just, they're done. They don't have any fight left. Well, you know, Luke's like, you know, salivating over, oh, I get to to run the ball 40 times a game again. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to do it with two two or three different guys. Well, yeah. Did Did you see... Uh, Monday night, did you get to watch the Brady Bunch? I didn't watch. I've, I listened to most of it. Did you hear when we asked them, like, give me one redshirt freshman? Oh, yeah, freshman? Miles. Every one of them, dude. Every one of them. And the guy that got kicked out came back and said, did you guys mention Miles Montgomery? I'm like, yeah. Yep. Well, I need that when, when we get to Squat Fest, I need to, you need to introduce me to to Jeremiah, since since he's from Rochester, I need to talk to him about some some food. Okay, you got you got some food discussions to have. Well, yeah, he would. He'll know. He'll know what garbage plates are. Yes, he will. Will he, yes, will he, he talk will. about that? That also seemed to be the most excited he got on the entire podcast was when he got to talk about food. So, yeah, you you certainly are going to have to talk food with him. Yeah, he looked like he looked like a dude that could smash like really get in there and just throw down some grub i'm also a guy that can, can get throw in down some grub down. <laughs> <laughs> maybe to my detriment but yeah I, I don't have a ton else this week do you, you I, I i haven't i haven't had a chance to get to, to little birdie uh sessions um mainly because uh, the team went to Kings Island yesterday, so that kind of threw off the schedule for the week. 
Um, I, did, it, did it invite you? Uh, I wouldn't have gone if they did. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have either. I had radio yesterday. There wasn't, King, King's wanna... Island won't sponsor the show and whatever, but that, that is not my that's not my game. I, I we've gone, we've had season passes with Kelsey a couple times. Um, I, I don't mind it, but it's not like just a day, especially walking around on like a ninety-five degree day around a, an amusement park. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Um, you guys got any questions in the chat? Anything you'd like us to talk about? No? Okay. What about um, commit, quarterback commit, Brady? How do you say his last name? Drogush. Drogush. Participate in the Elite 11 camp. Hi, JQ. (laughs) Uh, Is JQ a a watcher of the B? A regular, regular watcher of all the podcasts. He watches all the shows. Excellent. Well, when, I, when I've ran into him at camp a couple times, like he's like, Oh, remember that? Like, all right, JQ watches the shows. So, uh, you know, be careful what you say about JQ. <laughs> well, I mean, I, shit, two weeks ago, I said he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's he going to be a starter. starter. <laughs> You're right. Guy probably loves me. <laughs> Uh, so what but, were you gonna uh, say? Yeah, just participating in Elite Eleven. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's big. Um, Which I, I get the biggest kick out of the Elite Eleven is now twenty people. Yes. Why did why did they decide? To, and this is not the first year, but like I thought the whole point was that it was like the Elite Eleven quarterbacks. <laughs> so I think what they do now is they have twenty, and then they rate the top eleven. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> More, I'm, gonna get, I'm gonna be old man yelling at cloud like more more <laughs> participation trophies like you know just I, have I just know. have 11 guys like yeah, what why why do you need 20 to then pick the top 11 each, I, I, each I day I, tell you. I think what had happened what had happened was is they they were ho- that like the regional sites grew yeah so okay. as there were more regional sites then you had more people qualify quote-unquote well then, like the you should have the regional people battle to go to the Elite Eleven. It's like a, a bracket, <laughs> right? You would think. You know what? You know what's it's crazy? They're in Redondo Beach. You know where I just was? Probably pretty close to there. Hermo, like I, we were in Hermosa Beach a week prior. If I would have known, get that on three crap off the screen, Aaron. Yeah. That's all great <laughs> crap out of here. <laughs> Well, we play some twenty four seven crap, but they right, haven't but produced any. It was the only right. video that I saw on I him know, at I, Elite Eleven. I retweeted. Er, I retweeted it earlier and then took it down because I realized it was a non three guy. But like, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Aaron, don't get me started. Right you're now you're there co- covering, but like, but not, I guess. Not I'm gonna bow out. <laughs> Change the subject before okay. I. Okay, let's, let's I change it. Say something. That say something you don't. You, you shouldn't say. That's yeah, never happened I, I before. Was, I was mad last night. I'll tell you why afterwards. I was mad last night. Big mad. But what can you do? But uh, but no, still cool honor. 
Yeah, cool, cool definitely. Experience. I mean, whether there's 11 or 20, you're still one of the the 20. You're one of the elite quarterbacks in this class. Yes, in, in five years, it's going to be like the elite 37. Well, there's there's 32 NFL teams. Each kid is going to represent yeah. a team. Represent right? a team. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the elite 32. Right. So, uh, what was it? I'll, I'll get the, um, I have a buddy, coaches at Springboro. They are playing uh, Moeller tomorrow in seven on seven. So I'll get a nice. little. I'll get a little Jordan Marshall. Um, um, I can give you the Jordan Mar- Marshall scouting report. Oh yeah, it's, he's really good. He's really fucking good. Well, he's really know, fucking good. <laughs> hear, hear, what, hear what he says. I mean, you know, it's great. Right. It's seven on seven, but but yeah, uh, you know, former UC coach Mark Elder, now the head coach right. at, at Elder. All right, Moeller. That's, that's a good question, Dave. What college football stadiums are on your a bucket list? Well, let's see. I have been to obviously UC. I've been to Ohio State. I've been to the Rose Bowl. I've been to Florida State, Tennessee, LSU. Damn, son. Um. I haven't been to as many college stadiums as I actually have been to like NFL stadiums, but of the ones that I would say I would like to go to a game at Oregon. Um, I would like to go to a game at Texas A&M. Uh, yeah, what? I've heard the atmosphere at I've heard what you said. is better I, than Oregon. I, I, I find that hard to believe. Uh, just the setting, like the setting is apparently amazing no. at Oregon State with the mountains. The saying, that, the saying that Washington is awesome, it's right on the Puget Sound. That would be on my list. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think like there's there's not really many in the SEC necessarily that I care to go to i would like to go to a state of appalachian a game at appalachian state is there anywhere in the big 12 um kansas Wait. college football you, you want to go to a college football kansas. game in kansas uh, i mean i want to go to oklahoma state i want to go to oklahoma state and baylor yeah i did too um basketball arenas that i've been to i've been to the carrier dome what's what Used to be called the Carrier Dome. Now I don't know right. what it's called, but um, Syracuse, West Virginia. Um, I did a double dip one time when I was a young lad. Xavier was playing number one UMass with Marcus Camby. I went to the Xavier game and then straight to the UC game right after. Who was UC playing? I don't remember. Someone terrible in Conference USA. Uh, okay. Oh, let's see. What other basketball arenas? Obviously, like the local ones, UD, Ohio State. These aren't where have you been. These are where do you – what are on your bucket I know, list? But I'm trying to, I, I use that to base off of, like, where I would want to go. Obviously, Cameron, Lauren, you know, Fog Allen. Um, 
back in the day when they were actually good, like New Mexico would yeah, have been the a good one, the pit, but they kind of – I want to see a game at the pit. Like I've heard – the UC guys I talked to that played at the pit back when Mick was here have said that's the loudest, like you couldn't hear yourself think in that place. Yeah. Um, there's not – I don't know. I, basketball, I don't know. I, I'm just more of a football guy. So there's not a ton of like, I would look, I mean, Madison Square Garden, I guess. Like, Yeah. I, I hate that I never made it to a Big East tournament when UC was in the Big East. Yeah. I hate, I hate myself for that. Yeah. That's, that I'm not mean. going now. No. <laughs> no it, I mean, I'm not going now. <laughs> well, <coughs> they haven't been going lately either. So, well, they go and they pack light. <laughs> they pack but no, it was light. always like very cool to me. Like when it was on ESPN and they would like show the shots of them coming up the freight elevator. Yeah. To you know, to the locker rooms and everything. Um, but like so many of the like really good basketball. Arenas now, like they play all their like half or more of their games in like the NBA arena. That's like in their if they have yeah. that situation in their town, and I, and I feel like you know like some of these old on campus arenas, especially in the Northeast, like Villanova and St. John's and and those type of teams, they just like play their games in Madison Square Garden or whatever Phillies arena is called now or the Barclays Center, like. That's not interesting to me. Like those are just big, sterile, professional arenas. Like, you know, I I hate to say it. You know what the best college basketball arena I've been in? What's that? Yum. Yum is awesome. It's unbelievable. Like, it, it is <laughs> it's that it's, place is you know, the the city and in, in school. Sure, that, that All, for, yeah. forever, <laughs> forever, forever. Because of but, it, but that place is amazing. It is in very terms nice. of a place to watch a basketball game. It is high. Well, I'm honestly, high one of it's easily in my top five. Oh, like just the overall way that the the arena is set up, the way that everything about it. Like I love UD Arena. Yeah, I went. I went back in the '90s and saw a tournament game there. Like it's so like they've done so many nice renovations. My dad has splits UD season tickets with somebody, so I go to a game a year with him. And it is their hospitality, like venues are super nice. The concourses are awesome. Like it's just a really really good college basketball atmosphere. Um. Trying to uh, Gallagher Iba, I've heard is really nice. It was, yeah, it's cool, like the way that it's built. But they, you know, I don't know. It's just not like when it's when these places are like half full anymore. It just doesn't hit like when when Oklahoma State was a different, you know, when they were <clears throat> quote unquote good, and because the the stands kind of like go straight up and. It's just kind of like a different viewing experience. Like give Kansas State, what do they call that? Like the Octagon of Doom or something? Yeah. Uh, have you ever been to IU? No. 
So I there, read, I hear you get like vertigo in their upper deck. Th- that's what I was gonna say. Like I so I've been there a bunch. They used to have a um an AAU tournament over Memorial Day weekend called the Adidas May Classic. Uh and, and they would have games when it was allowed back 10 years ago. Um, they would have games at uh Assembly Hall. But I, I had a buddy that's a diehard IU fan uh, that that was like, hey, I got an extra ticket, you know, come with me. So I was like, all right, sounds good. We were in the upper deck, and I mean, you are. Yeah, it's like straight down. Like, like if you lean a little bit, you really feel like there's a good chance you're just going to topple and <laughs> end up in the, in the lower deck. Like it, that, that was an aggressive uh, design mm-hmm. when they designed the upper deck at Assembly Hall. Oh yeah, Hilton Coliseum. I've heard great things about about Hilton Coliseum. What is that? Iowa State. Yeah, Iowa State. Hilton Magic. Like they 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 had a lot of uh, you know before Travis Steele, like what Xavier had at, at we put a, where we, they we would put an end to that. Yeah, we did. But it's apparently a, a great place to watch a game. Uh, the Roundhouse <laughs> is supposed to be a really a really cool place to watch a game. Shoemaker Center West. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of basketball. Re- like, I'm more of a basketball guy. So there's a lot of really, like, historic, legendary basketball arenas I'd like to get to. Um. I've, I've watched AAU games at a lot of them. Uh, yeah. I just haven't seen college I've games. been in Cameron and actually walked down onto the court. I was I was just in Pauley Pavilion. But there was no... They were having like a, a kid's camp. And I just walked yeah. walked in and walked onto the court just to just to, to check it out. But They were, they were having a, 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 a young, like a elementary school, middle school girls basketball camp at Pauley. When we were there last week, walking through with Savino, um, really cool, like cool place. He he said it helped fourteen thousand. I was like, where do you squeeze fourteen thousand into here? Yeah. But I guess they do. Um, People are, but that place is that place is clean. Like concourses are sharp. Uh, yeah, like it, it's a really really cool venue. I, I wouldn't mind going to Arizona for a game. Yeah. Galen Center, USC's place looks pretty, pretty cool. It's like a more modern, but it's like smaller. I'm still mad at Sasa. I'm still mad at Sasa. Yeah, I was, I was supposed to go to the basketball game when I was out there for the Super Bowl and never, never heard anything. Yeah, like <laughs> he hit me and he's like, "I'm sorry, man. We, we're hiring a baseball coach this week. Like, tough shit. Sorry." <laughs> I guess that's important these days. I thought he was like, shouldn't you be mailing it in? Like this week's his last week on the job. Yeah. Come on, man. Did couldn't make time to, to give me a tour of, of USC. I mean, they haven't even hired anybody yet. Right? Crap. Absolute crap. Good question though, uh, Darren. Taking us through all the, the places. Uh the big house is really cool for football just because of like 
the the walk in where it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a place. Yeah, it's what three stories high, like on the on the surface level, and then you walk in and it's just this giant hole, <laughs> right? That holds a hundred thousand people. I'd love to go to Happy Valley on like a night game whiteout. Just to, yeah, whiteout uh, would be cool. Um, I've been to yeah. NC State. That was a cool. The sneaky one that is crazy. I haven't been to is uh, Jordan Hare Auburn. Yeah, they get hedges. Big big game. That's Georgia or Georgia. Sorry, uh, but yeah. big big game at Auburn is rowdy. South Carolina is a good one too because they play like two thousand Space Odyssey. Is their intro? Yeah, and of course, like the ultimate, I think is is Death Valley at night. It's sweet. <laughs> I can. How, how loud does it get in there? It's pretty damn loud. It's, it's it's pretty awesome. The tailgates are pretty sweet too. <clears throat> uh, Michael, we've answered that question a thousand. It was. I do want to say I, I I've changed my pick okay. for uh, when we with the AACC officially going to like three the, three three five five the three three cross three permanent crossovers. We you know we talked about that a while back about like who you would pick for UC. Yeah, and I've changed my my pick. Okay. I would pick West Virginia, Baylor, and Oklahoma State just to piss off UCF fans. <laughs> I do you think they'd be upset? Do you really think they'd be upset? Oh, they would it would bother them. What? I don't know. I, I, I guess I get their obsession. That's Just why it would bother Cincinnati them because they Cincinnati they, is where they they want to be because they wouldn't be able to play UC and then beat them and say how well, you know much better they are and everything. Yeah, I, the obsession to me is just so odd. Yeah, it's it is it's it's just weird. Like, there's not a week that go goes by. That on the Bearcat Journal Twitter page, I don't just see like a retweet from a UC fan of a Central Florida fan just talking about UC for no reason. Yeah, like I don't even, I don't think of that. Like, they don't I, cross my mind. I don't think I've ever sent a tweet from our page concerning them if it's not about like UC and them playing the game or in response to them continuously right. like it's not me just being like oh central florida did this i'm going to tweet it out and make a uc joke about it i mean yeah. i could i could tweet out about how like all their good recruits are leaving and you know, make make fun of them for for that, but I don't even care that much. Right? It's so weird. I, I guess you know. But hey, they got a lot of transfers, and they're, you know, they're uh, they're upgrading the bounce house. Apparently, I mean that's that's not saying much. That's like 
That's like getting it going from a single wide to a double wide. They're putting extra supports underneath the, <laughs> the bleachers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, get good. They get good. I mean, like, they're, they're, they're fine, but they have this, like, you know, it's five years ago, guys. Like, you know, in 2014, were we like demanding respect for what happened in 2009? I don't think we were demanding respect in 2010 for what happened in 2009. <laughs> right? I mean, right. I wasn't. We had a great team. I was like, we had a great team, and then we got our doors blown off by Jesus Christ himself, and our coach left. Like, I wasn't then saying, like, you know, that. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, I was driving in yesterday to do radio, and uh, Pike on Cincy three sixty. They were doing a segment on like the craziest people in sports. So like Marshawn Lynch and yeah. Mike Tyson, and and they got going on like uh, the two thousand nine Florida team and how oh boy batshit crazy that team was. Carlos Dunlop was like the normal guy. <laughs> Right, right. Like that was that was the good dude on that team. Yeah. Uh, but but Tony was like, "Can we can we count Tebow in this conversation? Like he's 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 well, crazy, yeah, right? Had, like you obviously had Aaron Hernandez. Yeah. You had Brandon Spikes, who yeah. was uh, insane. Then you had Tebow, who's you know insane for other reasons. You know, to some, to others, not so much. But you know, wouldn't really call well, him yeah normal. Um. You know, you had Riley Cooper who said some said some things when he was with the Eagles, so you can imagine the, what he was like in Gainesville, Florida. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you had Urban Meyer. Urban yeah, Meyer. Counts, right? He might he might top the list actually. <laughs> Over Aaron Hernandez, who murdered people for sport. So oh, boy. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't remember like, you know, um, obviously that was a long time ago, but I don't think any UC fans. Like we never, we never dwelled on like. I just look at it like this. Can you imagine, like, can you imagine me and you sending out tweets in, in 2026 about how UC went to the college football playoff in 2021 and how that that's paved the way for for other teams. Yeah, how it paved the way for UAB. Like I'm going uh, like, <laughs> to become the best team in the American. Like You did that yourself. Like that's that's on you. That's not we didn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. Uh Who's winning the QB battle? Oh, if I know, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked Luke about it yesterday, and they, they, everybody still is. They were very even in spring. Let's see what happens at camp. Like that—that's kind of where we are. Luke actually sounded almost kind of annoyed by it that somebody didn't pull ahead in spring because he's like, now we've got to have all these, you know, like. 
Well, no, he's they, just annoyed now that because people will have to keep asking him. No, what he was talking about though was like, <laughs> as we go through camp, now we're gonna have to you know split reps with the ones and the twos, right? So you know they're only gonna get half of the reps with the number one wide receivers. Then they're gonna have to get half of the reps with the the guys that are behind them. Yeah, that'll probably help in the long run because they're all going to be used to throwing to all these guys, but like you would like for it to be a little bit more, the ones are working with the ones. Um, that's not going to be the case. When does camp start? Uh, Luke said a little over a month. We haven't been given a date. It's like uh, end generally of early, end of July, late July, of early August. Yeah. So we're roughly a month away, roughly a month away, which is going to go by at least for me, uh, in a blink of an eye, because I'm going to be on the road a lot for AAU uh, through July. And then as soon as that ends, camp time. So we're getting close. We're getting close. Camp is Running gonna back's be... going to be fascinating. Quarterback's going to be fascinating. Camp is just going to be so much more interesting than last year. Can I Can I drop a nugget on you? I mean, you're you're more than welcome. How many pounds do you think Nick Mardner has gained since getting to Cincinnati? Um, thirty-seven. Twenty-five. Oh, okay. He is not the uh, long, rail thin, skinny kid that showed up from Hawaii uh, back in just late December, early January. That's so, good. I, I still like I, I've got my sleep. I think Jaden Thompson's gonna be a factor. I think I Chris Scott's gonna be a factor. Chris Scott was a factor last year. Yeah. I think he's gonna be more of a factor. And then you have Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker. Like they're, they're gonna be they're gonna be more than fine at wide receiver. Oh yeah. Uh did you see here let me so yesterday was um was was media day where they 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 shoot the uh all the promo stuff and the stuff they use on the video board and the yeah, stuff and that they the, use. Oh, yeah. like, mm-hmm. Did you see this? Yeah. He he can't get enough. I mean, like, <laughs> is he well, he's here? not is in he, New York. He's just here. Year of eligibility left. Like, what are we doing, Sauce? You're you just made thirty five million dollars. What are you probably, still doing hanging out here? Probably paid for the shoot. He's like, I want to be in it. <laughs> the main thing is, he just he comes back to work out. Like, this is that's yeah. his comfort zone of. Well, right down, now, being, right now is like. NFL vacation time. Yeah. And he's back in but even in between mini camps, he would get done with mini camp and he would just fly back to Cincinnati. Yeah. And he starting, can't he can't starting, get enough. Starting defensive backfield is gonna be pretty lit. <laughs> like Sauce, Arquan, Taj, and <laughs> I was like, what are, what are we doing, Sauce? You can't help yourself. So I wanted to, I, f- I figured our our listeners our fans would um, get a get a good chuckle out of this. And I sent this to you the other day. 
in the in the Athlon magazine. Um, there is a for the Power Five schools. There's like a whole big section on like scouting the Tar Heels. You know, opposing coaches sized right. up North Carolina. And Stephen Stephen Godfrey, who many of you know, has been on yes. our show. Yes. He he does this for Athlon. So for like the the Power Five schools, he takes a bunch of different comments and kind of like works them all together, so it doesn't seem like it's all coming from the same person. And then it's impossible to know like who is saying it. The reason I bring that up is for SMU. There's the comment. In so good. This is for, so good. For group of five, there's just a comment. And this says, from an opposing American Athletic Conference assistant coach. <laughs> the rep under Sonny Dykes was that they were a great front runner who would fall apart down the stretch. They have to change that. The QB is decent, but doesn't have much help. And I sent that to you and said, which UC coach did Godfrey get that from? That was the scouting report. Smack him and, in the mouth and, and the is, it, is it Luke Fickle telling him to say assistant coach? <laughs> or is it is it Gino? Yeah. Gino's just like, man, smack them in the mouth, they're done. Like that's something I mean, Gino would Gino would say, right? Yeah. But I just thought it was funny because it's kind of like what I've been saying about them for the last two years. It's like they're soft as shit. Yeah. And they get out to these seven. Well, remember, remember two years ago? And you pop them in the mouth and they lose five straight games. Remember two years ago when every wide receiver was running over the middle like he was a a T-Rex? Yeah, at SMU. Like, they wouldn't reach. They wouldn't do this. They were trying to catch the ball like this every time. Don't hit me, don't hit me. Yeah, it was just funny that, like, that is what I've talked about with them for two years. It's what the staff, like, I've heard the staff say those things about them under Sunny Dykes. You worried about SMU? Nah. No. They don't they don't want anything to do with with the physicality of the way we play. I'll say this too. I've read all I've read the preview for every team UC plays. Yeah. The remarks about the um, American Athletic Conference this year are not glowing. Outside of UC and Houston. UCF doesn't feel like they're gonna be good. Well, this is coming from the assistant coach. Okay, okay. <clears throat> like, the article thinks they're going to be in good, but like... Okay. Um, so, but it, it, some of them were they're kind of depressing to read, honestly. <laughs> like, well, like, like Indiana, the shine is Indiana, off of Tulane, right? Like, Indiana, everybody... Indiana? Yeah, awful. Ooh, that's, they're in a bad spot. UC might beat them by 50. They're in a bad spot. Like they had they they won two games last year, and even the article said like they'd be they they it'd be good to, if they doubled that. Right. They're like they just they lost the best linebacker in the history of college football. Right. Four time Heisman winner, four time first team All American, four time Butkus winner. Number one overall draft. Number pick. one overall draft pick. Number one son in Tom Allen's family. <laughs> that's 
that's an interesting th- th- thought, Darren. He, he's still he's still cutting the Thanksgiving turkey, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Michael McFadden is <laughs> at Tom Allen for years. Okay, so, so I was wa- I I've watched a lot of the game. I've been bored, whatever certain times, and I've watched a lot of the games from last year recently. Yeah, I watched the Indiana game the other day. I forgot that his son got a roughing the passer penalty after Micah got ejected. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think he yelled at him more than he yelled at Micah for getting ejected? Absolutely. Absolutely. He was grounded. Don't even come home for Thanksgiving. <laughs> he, was, he was grounded. Micah, get your bed. <laughs> I hope you you better go stay at your girlfriend with her family. Aaron, get the get the out. Get out. <laughs> Why are you telling him to get out? No, that's the, what uh, oh. uh, Tom Allen told his oh. son. Yeah, <laughs> his son showed up for Thanksgiving. Tom Allen was like, "Get the fuck out, get out." But yeah, like you, I heard you mention Tulane, like just more coordinator changes. Yeah, like I mean, so many of these teams either have rosters like USF that they have some. USF actually has some like decent talent on offense. Their quarterback's good. Well, no, they got they got a transfer. They got the Baylor transfer quarterback. They're not going to play that kid that was the quarterback. Is hell no. They're playing the kid from Baylor that what, took him to the. Oh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Gary, Bo- yeah. Gary Bohannon transferred in. Yeah. That's the other thing, like that you have to read and like actually study up on. Like the portal is just insane. I'm like, I didn't even know these guys were, were <laughs> not on these teams. On these teams, like. But but yeah, like some Temple's an abject disaster. So Ooh. is Navy. Yeah. Like Tulane, who the hell knows? Like Michael Pratt is really good, but he's been hurt a lot, and they got they don't more have anything co- around him. More coordinator. Well, he, he gets his running back back, which will help. But but just like I me, mean, Memphis, there's tons of question marks. It's just it's not it's not great. All right. Um. Can Dykes change his formula at TCU? But Leopard doesn't change his stripes, right? Yeah, I mean they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna recruit better because they're in the Big Twelve, and he's gonna play the but, the but, same the same come home to Dallas Fort Worth game that he played at 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 TCU at, you know SMU, SMU. but yeah, but yeah, like. You don't change that mo, right? Like, if your team doesn't like physicality, you don't just yeah, go to a new school. It either matters or it doesn't. It's physical. Like, nowhere Luke Fickle goes, all of a sudden is his his team going to be soft? Never, never. Right. Yeah. It either, not, matter, it either matters or it doesn't. Right, I don't see any way that all of a sudden a Sonny Dykes team is the one that's like punching you in the mouth. I don't see that. No. And I don't know if... I mean, I think this would be an interesting question for coaches. Like, does your style of offense, when you play that style of offense, and you are so reliant on... Scoring points and that does that change the way you practice so that 
because you're afraid to get these guys hurt. And then does does that does that way that you practice then bleed over into your games? Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I can see it. I don't know. I just, I, I, I can't ever see their team, a Sonny Dykes team having the identity of like, we're going to kick your ass. Yeah. No. Doesn't, doesn't jive. Um. All right. You got anything else? Good stuff so. from the comments tonight. Like, I, don't think so. I, I, I thought that added quite a bit to the show. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Let me see here. If, um... if I see anything else of... Of relevance? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so either. But yeah, the... I think, think Tulsa is going to stink. Like they lost their defensive coordinator, best defensive player. Uh, has Heupel changed his formula at Tennessee, Dave? Um, that well, that'll be interesting this year. Yeah, big time quarterback, right? That's for next year. They have a good quarterback this year. No, I mean right now they've got a really yeah. good quarterback, right? And then Hooker, yeah, Virginia Tech. I'm not talking career. about the recruit that made eight million dollars in NIL money eight and a half. steps on campus. No, no shortchanging. Miami just won up that right though. They they gave their 2023 quarterback nine and a half. Yeah, out. and he turned down eleven from Florida, which is just hilarious. <laughs> um, eleven million dollars for a high school freshman or a high school junior. Yeah, junior, not even a senior. Mm-hmm. Did you see the guys? Did you see the guys that he's going to be making more than that are currently in the oh, NFL? Oh yeah, in the NFL. Like yeah, Jamar Chase being one of them. Like Joe just, Burrow. The 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 list was absurd. <laughs> but uh, no, Heupel. This year would be interesting, just because I think they did a lot of good things last year, but. You know, you read the, the stuff in the Athlon magazine, and it's exactly the same stuff I've talked about, is their system isn't hard to figure out. Um, right. So with a year under these teams' belts, are they are they more capable of, of matching up now knowing that the receivers are going to run like three routes? Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting, but I mean, they should take another step. Like they've got, they've got some good players. So, you know, we'll see. Do we think that uh, UC is going to get Anthony Brown? Uh, yeah. Let me tell you this, Michael. Can I give you, can I give well, you a. Uh... Can I just answer it? No. No, I can't. Okay. No, not, not look, just let me say what I have to say. <laughs> and then you can give your opinion. Tomorrow. Starting tomorrow, Michael, you can get two months of Bearcat Journal for $1. So that means you can get the rest of July recruiting and you can get all of camp for $1 starting tomorrow. What are we, the so, athletic? Uh, well, it's only two months. The athletic <laughs> gives you like a year for a dollar. A year for we're four only, shekels. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're giving you two months for $1. 
<laughs> so I expect Michael to see your name in the uh, subscription list when I check tomorrow, and you can get my answer on where I think UC stands with Anthony Brown. I'll let Dave give his answer. You're gonna you're gonna give that tomorrow? No, I've already given it. It's already oh, on the okay. boards. I got you. It's uh, no yeah. secret what I think. If you're asking me, like, yes or no, I will say yes. Dave, I, I have to ask you a question. Okay. Before we go, a food question. Uh, I, I like food, so. Do you have a go-to when you go to a stadium, ballpark, arena? Do you have a go-to that you always get that you kind of, uh, like, kind of, I don't want to say judge, but, like, some people are uh, like pretzel. They got to get a soft pretzel. Mm-hmm. Some people have to get a hot dog. I go nachos. Nachos is I, what I, with my I, dad. I heard, I heard you talking. Nachos. I heard you talking about this on the radio. I'm actually like a terrible person to ask this question to because I very, very rarely eat anything inside a game. Okay. Um, the nachos thing for me is just like that's what my dad and I would always like. That's we would get. Right. But, and I guess the, the question is, is like, are you talking the the basic nachos or now you have these places like have the, the elevated nachos? Basic. No, I'm talking the tray with the yeah. little like side cups. of. Cheese. Oh, yeah. Like I I'm a big Not, fan uh, of actually, you know, as hard as it is to believe because it's been so bad for a long time. It's gotten a lot better. Like Paul Brown Stadium nachos I love because the chips are super salty. Yeah. And I always get the double cheese. I don't mess with the salsa. You don't do the salsa. I like yeah. having the salsa. Double cheese, extra jalapenos. Um, but yes, I'm I'm very much like a nacho guy. I'm very, very pick like I will not get stadium pizza. I feel like that's just wasting like ten bucks. It's it's, it's, it's overpriced. It's like, never yeah. it's never gonna be cooked enough. Like right. there's there I've never gone to a stadium and been like that was a great piece of pizza. I mean, La Rosa's is La Rosa's. Like, when you get La Rosa's at the stadium, it tastes like La Rosa's. Yeah. But, like, there's um, no difference. But you actually, what stadium can you get La Rosa's in? Just just Great American, right? Oh, can you? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, they, they have. A lot of people at, at Great American, they get La Rosa's and a cheese coney, and they eat the, together. Like, in the same bite? Yeah. Sky, Sky Rosa. Oh, yeah. Inter- interesting. Um, they, yeah, I wouldn't ever do that. But no, like, so uh, San Diego, the chips I, were. I, I heard you say it was bad. Like, how did they mess it up? So they only had one cup for whatever. There's your miss already. Salsa was not an option. So you only got the one cup of, of cheese sauce, which for a giant tray of nachos, there's no way. One cup of cheese is going to be enough. So a quarter of the nachos went to waste because I didn't have anything to dip them in. And then instead of just piling the jalapenos on top, they gave you a tiny little cup of like mild pickled jalapenos. Didn't have seeds, didn't have flavor. They were kind of limp. Like it was, it was bad nachos, Dave, in my, San Diego. Big, They're ten other, minutes from Mexico. 
My big one that I hate too is the nachos, but they don't have like the machine that pours out the cheese. They have the, yeah. the cup with this like yeah. foil lid on it. No, screw that. Like, no, screw that. <clears throat> no, but so uh, I was I was chastised for judging San Diego on the fact that they had bad nachos. Their nachos were bad. They weren't enjoyable. Yeah. I didn't enjoy the nacho experience. I'm sure they had wonderful kale salad or, you know. No, they like, had a they, they, tri-tip is big. Oh, yeah. West. California. I love tri-tip. They had a tri-tip sandwich that was like this with a really good barbecue sauce. I crushed Jason, the tri-tip sandwich. Jason brought up soft pretzels. That was the one redeeming quality of Indiana's football stadium. Yeah, good soft pretzels. They had really good soft pretzels. Jerry World also I, had – Jerry World had – banging soft pretzels that would be my number two behind nachos um in terms of if i'm gonna judge you because they're either awesome or they're terrible like there's there's very little middle i think nachos probably are the most middle ground thing how yeah, do like you, you screw up stadium nachos your soft pretzel could be like eating cardboard right or there's too much salt like i i like salt a little bit of salt on my soft pretzels but i don't like when every like and they put the rock salt, right? Oh, so you're yeah. like cutting your mouth mm-hmm. with salt. Like I, I the, the soft pretzels would probably be number two. Uh, the ice cream helmet. <laughs> they gave one of the little ice ice cream helmets, and they filled that thing up to like here, right? So by the time they got back to the seat, the two of them are covered. And chocolate ice cream. I think it would be cool if, like, a stadium let you bring your own helmet. And, and they, and they <laughs> fill, fill this shit up with soft serve. Filled it up. I mean, they charge you, like, per second that they're pulling the lever. <laughs> um, but you get to bring your own helmet. It could be a mini one. It could be, you know, a fireman's helmet. You just you wear it in on top of your head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you go to the bathroom. You clean it out. And then, but don't a lot of those like the, they have holes in them. So oh, that yeah. would be a problem. You got to eat that fast. Problem. <laughs> Apparently, I went up to the concourse to get napkins, and by the time I came down, they had they had finished it, but they were apparently just diving in face first, uh, eating the soft serve to get it to stop pouring over the top of the ice cream. Yeah. But no, and then I, uh, I did get out to Galactic this past weekend. Uh, yeah, that, I was, did want to get to that. That was that was wonderful. You went with you went with the Kelsey four legs, four legs. Oh, their Lo- legs are so good. Their chicken legs are so good. Loaded fries. Did did Rachel some, got uh, tendies? Tendies and fries. Yep. Fried pickles. I, I'm not a pickle person, but I, I have eaten their fried pickles because they're so good. They're good. They were good. What'd you think of the galactic sauce? Are you uh are you a fan? It's excellent. Okay. But yeah, the chicken was was quite good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You have if the place cooks it when you order it. We'll definitely be back. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And I and I like my fried chicken. It's right up there with uh, some of my favorites. One final time. Thank you to Urban Artifact for sponsoring us these past couple months. If you're curious to explore what lies beyond standard craft beer, take a trip to Urban Artifact. They don't make beer. They make fruit tarts. Come see what the world of real fruit beer has to offer. 
Swing by Urban Artifacts Northside Tap Room. Mention Bearcat Journal. Get $2 off a flight of four tasters. I guess that's good until July 1st. Right. So two days? Yeah, I haven't heard <laughs> an end date on the, the promo. I would guess since, you know. Yeah, doubt if they're if they're not sponsoring anymore, I, I doubt they're going to still be giving away discounts on beer. That's my understanding, but nobody has told me like the, the promo ends on this date. Would so. be an, would be an interesting business model. <laughs> I'm a poli sci major, so I I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're listening and you want to sponsor the timestamps or you want to sponsor the mailbag, uh, my my DMs are open. My private messages on Bearcat Journal are open. Uh, a potpourri of ponderings. That's a good one, Aaron. That might be the name of the, the whole podcast, a potpourri of ponderings. We were a little all over the place tonight. Not quite as popular as Dave and Mo, like looking at the numbers. So <laughs> everybody wanted to hear what Mo had to say. Yes, clear, clearly. <laughs> all right. That's uh that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. I don't think so. I'm getting, you know, like I said, I've I have that itch. Like I watched the AAC championship game. I watched UCF. I watched Notre Dame. I watched Indiana. Like I'm, I'm ready for some ball. Like we are. We're getting there. I mean, obviously most people know I'm into golf, but like this is my sports hell right now. Like there's nothing for me to watch (laughs) And, and I need football season bad we're getting there you get squat fest on friday guess that'll do aaron are you excited will squat fest action on friday i can't wait i mean I, yes. are we gonna do like a bcj squat fest like see who can squat the most i, I am not no <laughs> no you and aaron and brent are more than welcome i'll give commentary I have a bad back. Like, there's no, like, I could squat 100 pounds and my back would be like, go to hell, bastard. <laughs> you, you can go fuck right off is what my back would tell me. I mean, I heard the, I heard Brady say, like, this is going to be the, the big, whatever, biggest and best one. I mean, I, I can't wait to see what that means because last year's was pretty. It's pretty intense. Pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Is Sauce going to be there? I'm what? Oh, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Second second session. Yeah. With the microphone. I'm looking I need to see more like more out more outfits from the actual players this year. Yeah, they just wear the, they they've got their squat like, vest t-shirts. And some like, of them wear some shades or some headbands but like I need like Josh Wiley Ultimate Warrior like red and black ribbons on his biceps, you know, face paint, like, but I, we need, let's, let's do it up. If I tweet at him, I bet we could probably make that happen. <laughs> uh, or he so, goes the other way to spite you. Jason, maybe, maybe. We're still trying to figure out if it's, if it's worth it. I'm not. I'm not ruling out that there might not be a live like Twitter feed from from Squat Fest for a little bit. I want outfits like Joel DeBlanco and Jerome Ford 
post AAC championship <laughs> with goggles. Like ski goggles. goggles. Yeah, I need a ski goggles, a toboggan, some ski gloves, Aves. <laughs> right? You look really comfortable, Aaron. I mean, I'm it's, super. I'm in a recliner. In I'm super. Theater, I mean, exactly. <laughs> Do you have like some wait staff coming over to like refresh your your beverage? Or no, I, I've been hydrating. I was out in the pool with the kids. Well, like and you, stuff. You, you push a button like at the fancy movie theaters, and they they come over. Garçon. And, yeah, <laughs> it's just dirty. Like, can you give me a fucking drink. Well, I mean, I hear a kid crying upstairs. There's like three babies upstairs. I'm like, oh, I'm totally <laughs> Sorry, glad I'm working. I was down there until midnight. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Chad went really long yesterday. He's guy's an asshole. Until my mom's like, we were watching you live. Uh, we know what time it ended. <laughs> <laughs> the nightcap isn't live. Like, I, I mean, I don't. The nightcap went went really long. We did. We did it. Hour and fifteen minute nightcap. I'm sorry. We had to do, do post game meeting and all sorts. <laughs> of stuff. All right, let's get out of here. He's Dave Simone, super producer extraordinaire, Aaron Smith. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks to Urban Artifact. You guys have been great. Hopefully, we'll see you in the fall. Uh, and as always, thanks to the Holy Grail, the OG. They've been here forever. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast, right here on Bearcat Journal Box.